Okay, Igris Kedush, we are on page 46. We went back in time because we have a little bit of spare time now between between now and when we start the Nissan letters. So we're going back a little bit to fill in the gaps of the stuff we didn't get to cover. So we're back on page 46. The letter is Yud, Tavresh Nun, Tavresh Dalid, Tavresh Dalid, Yud, Tavresh Dalid. And it's from Zion Kislev, Tavshin Lamed Gimel, 50 years ago. The Rebbe writes, Shalom Ubracha. Thanks for telling me about, or I'm responding for you telling me about your spouse. She should have a complete days of her pregnancy. And it all should go well. And it should be easy. She should give birth to healthy and lasting children. In the proper time. In a goodly time. And it should be an easy delivery. This is, a, by the way, I looked up this line. This is a very standard line in the Rebbe's letters to women who are about to give birth. He reuses this exact phrasing over and over and over again because uh, it seems a little bit repetitive, but there's clearly a reason for it because otherwise he wouldn't keep on using it. So that's the Rebbe's go-to sentence for a woman about to give birth. This is not in all of those letters. He tells the husband to be very careful to keep chitas, not to miss any days of chitas while his wife is pregnant. And and he says that the pan that they sent over the Rebbe is going to read at the Tzion soon. Okay, I don't know if that's soon. Whenever it works for the Rebbe, at a, at a, at a desirable time, the Rebbe is going to read the pan. The Rebbe also gives him a bracha for his birthday, again, a traditional response. That's the Rebbe's go-to phrasing for birthdays as well. In response to his question, this is a little bit less conventional. Because in answer to the person's question, we don't have a footnote here to tell us what the question was, but I think it's at least uh, mostly self-explanatory. The Rebbe says, in response to your question, it is self-understood. It's move on. It's good and proper. She should complete her days of pregnancy. And they should not do anything to make her give birth prematurely. So they shouldn't do anything to speed up the delivery. And then the Rebbe adds, I'm certain that you'll continue taking part in Mitzat and doing more of it. So the Rebbe has a couple pieces of guidance for this husband who's about to, uh, whose wife is about to give birth. And that was being very careful with Kritas and taking part in Mitzat And in this middle is the part we're going to focus on today is that Rebbe tells him, don't induce, don't do anything to speed up the pregnancy, no inductions of labor. Uh, the Rebbe says this in a lot of places. This is definitely the Rebbe Shita, that generally speaking, of course, unless it's medically indicated, we don't induce labor. You probably have heard this before. Most of us are uh, most of us are are in the are in that parsha that we're uh, we're we're asking these sorts of shilas regarding induction. So a lot of us probably have had some kind of experiences around pregnancy, uh, around indu- induction of labor, or recently remember doing so. Um, I just want to do a little bit of background on the science before we get into the halachic aspects of this, what the Rebbe is talking about when he says that it's better not to speed things up. So first of all, sometimes an induction is medically indicated. When an induction is medically indicated, all poskim, and of course the Rebbe as well, agree that it should be done when it's necessary in order to protect the life of the mother or the baby. When does that happen? Uh, after 42 weeks, it's almost always medically indicated that, uh, that we should do an induction because the placenta doesn't really work as well as it did in the earlier parts of pregnancy, starting at 42 weeks. So about two weeks um, late, a, a, uh, a induction is almost always medically indicated and therefore halakhically permissible, and not just permissible, but required. 
at that point. There's also something called a placental abruption, which is when the placenta starts separating from the uterus, or there can be an infection in the uterus. These are go-to indications for a, for a, for a, uh, for a medical induction, for a labor induction. There's uh, certain health problems that the mother could have, like diabetes, high blood pressure, preeclampsia, issues with her heart, lungs, or kidneys that require an induction. Sometimes they also will check and find that the baby doesn't have enough amniotic fluid. That's another case where doctors will say that in order to protect the life of the baby, we need an induction. And again, postcom are completely okay with these sorts of inductions. There's also something known as RH disease. It can cause problems with the baby's blood if there's not an induction and things aren't done in a certain way. And under all of these circumstances, it's not even necessarily a question for postcom. If it's definitely a danger to the life of the mother, the life of the child, it's not even a question. Induction from here until tomorrow. But the truth is that inductions are often done for purposes of convenience, as you may know. There's actually a, there's a safer called Teres Ayeledes from Rabbi Zilberstein. Uh, and he says in that safer that he heard in the U.S. that there were some people inducing labors on Shabbos because the, if they induced the labor on Shabbos, the baby would probably be born Mitzvah Shabbos, and then they could have a bris on Sunday. So he heard rumor that people were inducing labors so that they could have a bris on a day that was convenient to have a bris. No one wants a bris on a Tuesday. So they were inducing labor in order to help with that. There, there are other people who do it because they're, uh, it's very common for doctors to ask women to induce if it's going to be close to a vacation for them. This is something that uh, I've personally experienced in my family is that a doctor will say, well, I'm going away for the, I'm going away for the weekend, going away for a, for a holiday in the summer. Can we, can we do the induction? Can we induce a little bit early so we can get this off my plate? Uh, so sometimes it's for the convenience of the doctor and for no other reason. There are quite a few risks to uh, an induction that's not medically indicated. Uh, it can cause low fetal heart rate because the medications that are used in induction, uh, which is usually Pitocin, which is a kind of oxytocin, uh, they can cause abnormal or excessive contractions. They can decrease the baby's oxygen supply, lower the baby's heart rate. So the baby is put at risk by induction. Of course, when it's medically indicated, that's a necessary risk. When it's not medically indicated, it's not. It can also cause uterine rupture in women who have had C-sections before or have had other uterine surgery. This can cause pretty serious complications and sometimes that the uterus may need to be removed entirely uh, if she's had prior, uh, prior work on her uterus. Um, so there are cases where it's not medically indicated at all to do an induction where it can be very dangerous for her or for the baby. There's also increased cases of bleeding after delivery by when there's a, when labor is induced. Um, so bleeding after delivery is not a small thing. It can also cause life threats. <clears throat> so these are all serious things that come up over medical indication in induction of labor. Now, as far as the halacha goes, the idea of not making of not pushing delivery so it should come earlier comes goes back to a gemara in Tainus two a. Almost everybody learns a little bit of Tainus, and almost everybody learns the beginning. So you might remember this one. The very beginning of Tainus, the Gemara there says that there are three keys that Hashem takes care of directly and doesn't use a malach for them. They're God's personal keys. And that's the key to birth, rain, and tchias So the thesis there that says that this means that there is no malach appointed over the timing of birth. And since God himself is the one who oversees it, we have to leave it in his hands. So there's this idea that goes all the way back to the Gemara, that childbirth needs to be in Hashem's hands personally, and that we can't really intervene in it. So the idea of induction is already something that halacha seems to have the, uh, to bristle at the idea of, since God's supposed to be in charge of it. Uh, obviously, like we said, when medically indicated, all the posts can say, throw that out the window and save the mother's life, save the child's life and, and induce. But uh, there are some areas, yeah, we'll, do the, we'll do them kulos first. There are some more leniencies than you would expect. There's a chazanish that says as soon as she's two weeks overdue, it's medically indicated to induce labor. I mentioned that earlier with the 42 weeks, but you should know it's in Pazkin too. Rabbi Zilberstein in that safer I mentioned earlier, the Teresia lettuce, he says that you can even induce early in order to get a qualified doctor if the labor is going to be a high-risk labor. So it's going to be a high-risk delivery and we need a very good doctor and that doctor is only available today and is going away later. We can induce early, according to him, 
in order to uh, in order to get a better doctor. And he says you can even induce in order to get a doctor that makes the woman more comfortable, assuming the induction's not on Shabbos. So he has a couple leniencies available. However, major poskim do not have these leniencies. They're much more in the Rebbe's spirit of at all. Rabbi Sternbach has a pretty famous chuv on it where he mentions a, a, uh, an arizal. It's always fun when an arizal shows up in Shilas and chuvas. You just don't expect to find them there. The arizal writes and says that you shouldn't write a kamea, an amulet. You shouldn't write an amulet for a woman to have an earlier labor because doing so can change the baby's mazel. The baby was meant to be born under a certain star, under a certain sign, and that mazel could have been very good for the baby. It would lead a life of riches and a long life. And here this person writes in a kamea, they write an amulet to help the woman deliver early. That amulet could cause the baby to fall under a different mazel and chas v'shalom lead a life of poverty and early death. He lists all the terrible things that can happen if a mazel changes. And Shemach brings that in a tshuva. As one reason, sounds like the Ariza was already thinking about the potential spiritual dangers of an induction. He also mentions a certain segula for inducing that he says is mutter because it's not real induction. It's a segula for induction. And it's a, it's the stim, it's stimulation of the... Um, a stimulation of the feeling that of a baby of a baby nursing stimulation of the feeling of a baby nursing um that actually uh, is he says it's a segula that comes from the stipler that the stipler asked several women to do it and it worked on almost all of them it turns out this actually is in the scientific literature a nipple stimulation apparently releases oxytocin there are many studies that suggest it probably is a form of induction but anyway it shows up in the chova and i couldn't not mention it because it's awesome the most uh, popular chova on, uh, on the subject is from Avmesha. You'll find in Geradeh 274. You'll also find in Arachayim 4, 105 through 6. In Arachayim, he clarifies a lot of what he says in Geradeh. So if you're going to look these up, make sure to read both, not just one. And his main point here is that he says the birthing process itself cannot be dangerous. It can't be that it's dangerous to give birth because pruruvu is a bracha. It's not a sakana. And also a woman's not commanded to do pruruvu. A woman's not commanded, according to most authorities. A woman's not... Uh, a woman does not have to have children. She's not halakhically obligated. It's not one of her mitzvahs. It's a man's mitzvah. And we just, you know, we've tried doing it alone, but it doesn't work. It needs a, a woman needs to be involved. Now, it's a, a person's not allowed to put themselves at risk in order to help another person do a mitzvah. So it is self-understood that a woman's not put at risk by helping her husband do the mitzvah of having children since it's not her mitzvah. So how is she allowed? So what, what, why does it appear risky? The Rav Mesha says that this is because naturally there is a sakana. And God gives a special bracha that people won't get hurt because he's in charge of this. And uh, in answer to the question about the several Gemaras that mention women dying during childbirth for particular sins, he says that's for particular sins. But generally speaking, God protects women when they're about to go into labor and he protects women during the childbirth process because otherwise the system wouldn't work. Says Rav Meshe, that only applies, that special protection only applies if you let God handle the process. If you take the process out of God's hands and put it in the hands of a medicine like Pitocin that speeds things up, now it's up to you. Now it's your now now it's your delivery, not God's delivery. And when it's your delivery, it carries all of the normal risks of labor and delivery, which are substantial. It's a dangerous thing. So it's not a dangerous thing when it's in God's hands, says Rav Meshe, but it's a very dangerous thing when it's in the hands of medicine. But based on this, Rav Meshe Paskins, that unless it's absolutely medically indicated, people should not be getting inductions. Um, on a personal note, uh, my children are always late. They're like me by Shachris, or honestly, by the Igrish here. They, they, they get it from their father. Um, uh, besides for my first, all of my children have been significantly overdue to the point that the doctors were pressuring for inductions. In each of those cases, I, uh, I called Arav and said, uh, you know, the doctors really bother me. We're a week. I never went more than two weeks. So we came close. I think we had one that was like 12 days overdue. Um, and I remember calling a Rav at each time. I think it was Rav Bruyne all of the times, possibly. And every time I called Rav Bruyne and asked him, you know, the doctors are saying we're real close. At what point do I pull the trigger and induce? He always said back to me, I get a million of these calls a day in the Crown Heights area and, and, and abroad. 
And uh, by the time they hang up the phone, usually their wives are in labor. So I'm, I'm not answering this question. I refuse to answer the question. I remember pushing him and saying, come on, give me a theoretical. He says, there's no reason to give the theoretical because your wife will give birth. And in every case, he was right. They, it always happened before the 14 days were up. So never actually got to see him pass in the Shaila on the fly. I just got to see him tell me, don't worry, the baby's coming. Um, but in any event, there is, a, there is significant halakhic literature on the topic suggesting that we should not be inducing, certainly for convenience, um, and that we shouldn't be inducing unless it's strongly medically indicated. There are heterim available, which we've discussed, but obviously the thrust of halacha is very much exactly what the Rebbe is saying here. The people shouldn't speed things up. And in fact, that is what the medical literature says too. ACOG has put out statements. That's the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. It's understood in the medical field now as well that non-medically indicated inductions are, uh, are an unnecessary risk and not terribly ethical. So uh, we have now a small survey of the Rebbe's take on this particular aspect of pregnancy, culled from a letter from exactly 50 years ago. Questions, comments, complaints? Yes, question. Yeah. Uh, what, about, what about a scheduled C-section? Does that fall under this category? It actually does. It falls under the category so directly that uh, Rav Misha, in his Chuvan Yeradeya, I'm trying to, I'm pretty sure it's the Yeradeya one, not the Yeradeya one. The Yeradeya one, he isn't sure that uh, induction exists. He writes at the beginning of the letter, somebody asked him about inducing labor, and he writes something like, I'm sure you mean, in, I'm sure you mean like a, like a C-section ahead of time, because I can't imagine a pill that can do this. But if there was a pill that could do this, this would be what the Psaq is. So the Mesh actually is very much basing his thinking on the idea of a scheduled C-section. He writes this letter in the 60s. I'm not sure how common it was in the 60s to give Pitocin. But yeah, we uh, presumably from the fact that Mesh seems to feel that it's the same sugya, I, I would say that it's the same Indian. Uh, and in general, when things are the, the, the general rule of medical halacha and increasingly the general rule of secular medical ethics, the have deal is the things that are not medically indicated, we can't do because every procedure carries some sort of risk. And if there's no medical reason, to, no medically indicated reason to do any procedure or provide any intervention, then it's inherently unethical to do so because of whatever risk it might carry will automatically outweigh a potential benefit of zero. Understand what I'm saying? If there's no benefit on the table, it's really understood by everybody now that, uh, that there's no real um, ethical reason to do the procedure. That's also how Allah is always viewed. It's just medical ethics in America only caught up to, only caught up to this uh, five, ten years ago. <laughs> but in Allah, this is always the idea. Does that answer your question, Ruby? That's besides for one field in, in medical ethics today. Hold on one second. What, what did we say? So, so, so if you if uh, certain people need to have C-sections, they can't give birth naturally. She's saying, right. we're not gonna, we're not gonna schedule anything. We're just gonna see when the time comes. Okay, let's go operate. Yeah, it sounds like that. Unless, well, a lot of times if they're in that's that sort not of how a anything situation. works nowadays, though. You can't just walk well, into no. a hospital and say we're having a C-section now. No, what you can do is you can say that we're gonna try for a uh, a, a vaginal birth, and okay, uh, if it doesn't work, you can not, switch to a C-section. In this case, that's not possible. Some people have to give birth via C-section; they cannot give birth naturally. In those ca in those cases, I assume you schedule it. But I assume you want to schedule it at the end of uh, at the end of forty weeks. Also, this doesn't apply to twin births, by the way. Twin births and multiples. There's a, there's medical indication for uh, for 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 advancing and sometimes even doing a C-section when the baby's particularly large. Obviously, on a case by case basis with a POSIC, but. Uh, no, in a case like that, I think you'd have to schedule it because once it's medically indicated there needs to be a C-section, we can't just do a C-section on a random day. They schedule those. Um, but that's a, but that's a very specific question. Under, yeah. Inducing falls under a medical inducement or you have uh, a wife will say, I'm done, I, need a, I, you know, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to start running and running up and down stairs to, to, to you know. 
Are you asking whether like, those inductions are problems? Those inductions are not problems at all. They're only medical inductions. Uh, 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 Rav Schoenbach and Rav Mesha and their chuvas both mention that, uh, that the sort of home remedy methods for inducing are all completely mutter. Um, we're talking specifically here about the drug If you're going to do a home remedy for inducing, there's better ones also. I'm even yoven. And as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, a lot of them have fairly good data behind them. Um, there's even certain herbs that, that have not bad data on them. Uh, in each of these cases, I've been told by doctors, hey, why don't you, why don't you try this laundry list of things? Um, but yeah, no, this, n- n- none of these rules apply to, uh, to, to non-medical induction, as we call it, to uh, home remedy induction. Hmm. And, in, and to just conclude and make clear about the first thing you asked with the C-section, the real answer is that, I, is that I don't know the answer. And the double real answer is that in a specific case like that, a person needs to look at uh, the whole body of information. There's no general rule for that. But my assumption is that that's, that's outside the realm of what we're talking about. And that goes into the area of medical indication where then you would schedule the C-section, is my guess.